You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Second down and two, the handoff to Penny. At the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. First and 10 at the Seattle 40. Play fake Stafford. Going to stop, going to look. Gets hit, goes down. Back in midfield. Getting to him in the backfield is Daryl Taylor. Presented by Delta, the official airline of the Seahawks. Now, here's your host, Jen Mueller. A win changes everything. Boy, a week just feels so much better after a win. The Seahawks beating Arizona, a division opponent at that, improving to 3-3 and on Saturday. Excuse me, on Sunday. What day do we play football, John Boyle? There are games that happen on Sunday, Saturdays, but usually. yeah, I guess we play on Sundays. I was coming off an 18-inning game last week, so I think I was just a little bit confused there. But the Seahawks improved to 3-3. Three and three. Of course, I'm happy about a win, but John, I think I'm equally, if not more excited to see what the defense did because it's something that we talked about. And quite honestly, I, I think the consternation was such that you wondered if the defense was going to be able to turn things around the way they did on Sunday. Exactly. I mean, the, look, that defense had been struggling. There'd been a lot of issues and we worried about it. And then, you know, as Clint Hurt kind of pointed out right off the bat, didn't look very good. They give up the 42 yard run, whatever, the long pass play. But really from that play on, they played great defense. They gave up the one field goal, but that's all the defense allowed. You remember that touchdown came on special teams. So very encouraging stuff we saw. Uh, you know, Arizona's offense is probably not where they want to be either. So we got to, you know, see how this defense responds and keeps hopefully keeps putting performances together. But very encouraging. Well, and if you take out that 42-yard run by Kyler Murray, the 100 yards of rushing that he was able to rack up, that certainly looks a mm-hmm. lot different because they were able to tighten up some of that communication. Clint Hurt talked about that this week. A lot of it is communication, and you're finally starting to see these reps pay off. In addition to the fact, John, that they kind of opened up that D-line and those edge rushers to do different things. Yeah, we've, we've heard a lot of that from, from players especially, but also coaches. They just they freed them up to do some different things things they you went with some different looks you know understandably coaches don't want to break down and detail everything they did different so uh you know we haven't heard everything that they plan on doing going forward either but they definitely made some changes and those adjustments seem to really suit the players well saw a lot of great playmaking out of a whole bunch of different guys it wasn't just you know one guy went off it was, it was a bunch of guys Six sacks by six different Seahawks players. It is going to be a task and a tough one against the Chargers this week as Justin Herbert, the Chargers quarterback, has been sacked just seven times. That is the fewest in the league. But before we get to that breakdown, one of the things that I had identified to watch and really everybody was watching last week was Tariq Woolen. Could he get another interception and tie that franchise mark with Brandon Browner? He, in fact, did, John, and I don't know where this guy's ceiling anymore I I don't think anybody does because it just seems so off the charts when when you factor in how well he's playing this early in his career when kind of the book on him coming in was he was a raw guy who needed time to develop well he all he already looks great the the physical tools are off the charts so you know yes there's room to improve but it looks awfully darn good right now already Well, and the thing I think that gets overlooked, and Pete Carroll talked about this this week, is yes, he's athletic, but he has football smarts, and that's showing up too. He's smart. He's bright. He's 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 on it. This is not. This not. It's not like he's not aware of what's going on. He's just enjoying the heck out of it. And I mean, it's it's a wonderful thing to see. He's he knows his assignments. He asks his questions. He's doing his studying. He's communicating with the guys better now because it's everybody was struggling early on, and. 
let's go next game. You know, let's get, let's just kind of stay in the pocket and keep rolling. Yeah. There's a comment. Um, Ryan Neal made after the game two weeks ago, c- kind of compared. He says like a young Rottweiler puppy doesn't, you know, doesn't even know what he's doing, running around breaking stuff. And I think his point was just like, this guy's such a physical Marvel. He doesn't even realize his own ability that I think got misconstrued by some as, Oh, he's just getting by on natural building. Doesn't know what he's doing as a player. And that was kind of the point he was making is yes, the physical ability is incredible and that's helping him do the things he's doing, but he's also understands that position. It helps that he played receiver. So he understands the other side of the ball and, yeah, I mean, it's not just the interceptions. He's he's covering guys really well, play after play, and just doing a lot of things. Well, and I think when you see veterans like Quentin Jefferson give him the praise that we heard after the game in Arizona, against Arizona, excuse me, I think you start to realize kind of where his talents fit. Quentin Jefferson said that he is a future Hall of Famer. We are six games into his rookie career. And Might be Q a is, little over the top, but still. I But Q has seen a lot of football, right? Mm-hmm. He's not the guy that's going to pass out kind of empty compliments and try to, to pump the guy up. Mm-hmm. People are seeing this, right? Yeah. Guys who know football are seeing this. The number of Cardinals who wanted to talk to Tariq after the game. Yeah. We it, saw, that I tells mean, you Darius something. Darius Slay tweeted at him. Micah Parsons tweeted at him. You know, Richard Sherman has been his biggest cheerleader since week one. It's, I mean... There's a reason people around the NFL, big names around the NFL, are taking notice of Tariq Woolen. There is also a reason that some teams didn't think he was cut out for the job. It was interesting to hear him talk about how laid back his personality is. Look, we have heard this. I mean, all you have to do is hear him say the word shoot. Shoot. Shoot, (laughs) right? To know that he's kind of laid back. I'm going to be honest. I met him back in June at a rookie event, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what to make of him, right? I'd seen him on the field a little bit, but personality-wise, he is not the biggest personality in the room. He is very laid back to the point where you wonder, right, are you as engaged in this conversation as I would hope you are? It was interesting to hear how teams perceived that and how that ended up working to the Seahawks' favor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody's going to read that a little differently. Clint Hurt said, you know, they weren't bothered by it, and that can actually help a player, especially at that position where, you know, you're on an island a lot. Things will go wrong sometimes. And I know that's even less than Richard Sherman talked to Tariq Wollen about is, you know, putting those plays behind you. And sometimes that's easier to not overreact, to not panic in in the middle of a play when the ball's in the air. Just all those things when your baseline personality is just, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And all of that means that he is the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. But true or false, John? The best thing Tariq Woolen said was that he thought Clint Hurt was Pete Carroll's oh, bodyguard the yeah. first body, bodyguard the first time they met. Yeah, walked in the room in the combine. They're they're all in those suites and hanging out. And as Clint explained, you know, he didn't used to be in the all the meetings. He'd be in the defensive line ones, but now that he's a coordinator, he's at all those. And uh, yeah, you know, he's a big imposing dude. I could I could see that mistake. Coach Hurt looks like he belongs on the defensive line. I can understand why that comparison was made. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. So you've got Tariq Woolen. You also had Kobe Bryant in that conversation for potentially being Defensive Player of the Week. And for as much as we talk about Tariq, Kobe Bryant playing an equally difficult role as a nickelback and also being able to punch the ball out better than anybody else. And it could be because he's got a knack for it. No, his skill is standing out. It, but it is—it's fun. It, it is fundamentals of punching when you're tackling. Yeah, he's done it every time that's been. Well, no, he had a collision tackle. You know, just contact hit that knocked it out. 
but um, he definitely has a knack. And we always talk about there's always you're looking for guys that have a knack. Shoot, it's so hard to find more than one. I mean, we always talk about okay, we got one. Can we get one more? You know, and you can see the impact of a guy who has that that knack about it and yeah, about him. Um, that's an, it's an incredible asset. And so um, it's cool to see. And I hope it catches fire with some other guys too. We're, we're working on it, and we've always emphasized that he's just better at it than other guys. Yeah, you know, we've seen it different guys. You know, Byron Maxwell comes to mind. Just some guys have that knack of going after the ball, making that play on the ball. And, you know, a lot of guys, will, you'll see swipe at the ball and just come up empty, but he seems to find it every time. And the thing about that game, too, that's the play that stands out. But coverage-wise, that was as well as he's played. He he was all over some guys, had a pass breakup that, you know, he almost intercepted. So, uh, you know, you got to remember, he's pretty new to that nickel role. He's been an outside corner, and they threw him in there, and he's played well enough that, you know, he took over for an injured Justin Coleman. Coleman's back healthy now, and it was still – uh, Kobe out there. So he seems to have taken over that role. And yeah, a lot of playmaking, seven takeaways between your two corners. You got to love that in three games. Well, and four forced fumbles by Kobe Bryant. That is the most by any player in the NFL. Ten takeaways for Seattle. That is tied for fourth in the NFL. So the defense is starting to turn the corner. John, what gives you confidence that they can build on that performance and that it wasn't a one-time kind of fluky thing? To me, probably the way they defended the run. You know, uh, look, Kyler Murray got out, did some crazy things, and we saw, you know, Taysom Hill had some big runs. But when you talk about actual running backs carrying the ball, they've gotten, they've shown a lot of improvement over the last two weeks of that. And especially this past week, the uh, look, Arizona was shorthanded. That wasn't their best running back group. But still, they, they couldn't get anything going. And if, if you contain that, you create longer situations, and that's where that pass rush can get going. I think part of the reason we haven't seen very much pass rush prior to this week is – Teams weren't in those, you got to sit back, let a play develop because it's third and eight type situations because they weren't getting to third and long. Yeah, and it is going to be interesting to see what happens against the Chargers this week. They could be closer to full strength on offense, but regardless as to what happens with Keenan Allen, you've got a guy in Austin Eckler that does just about everything. He leads the team in rushing yards. He also leads the team in receptions, not receiving yards, but receptions. He is a unique back and is going to give the Hawks defense another challenge. Just a really good player. He's He's a star player. He's a great finisher with the ball in his hands, and he's really hard to tackle, and, and he doesn't give up on a, on a play ever. And so you have to finish him and do a really good job. And they get him in all kinds of spaces, you know, as you can see with all the passes that he's caught. The game, their, their passing game, um, is one that does feature the chance for him to, you know, be a, a centerpiece. And so um, it's it's reminiscent of some of the stuff you've seen Joe do over the years, you know, back in, in New Orleans and all that. There's some real carryover. It's funny Pete mentions New Orleans because the first thing I think of when I hear a running back who's going to catch the ball a bunch is Alvin Kamara, who's had a ton of success against Seattle in recent meetings. So that's, you know, those running backs, those dual threat guys, Uchenna Nwosu talked about practicing against him for four years and what a headache he is. So those are the kind of guys that can really wreck a game for you if you can't figure out ways to keep him in check. Well, and with the Chargers playing on Monday night, that is one of the few nights, John, that we can actually sit uh-huh. down and watch football. It was his size and his speed. I mean, yeah. he can get He's lost. This dude. is not a yeah. knock, but but he can also crouch down enough yeah. to get lost behind some of those blockers. Yeah. It was amazing to watch him scamper around the field. And going back to that stat on fewest sacks of Justin Herbert, you combine him with this, and part of it is they're getting the ball out quickly. They're mm-hmm. finding a guy like Eckler, and they're not. There's no time in the pocket, so I just kind of wonder what the pass rush is going to end up looking like. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's 
going to be tough to get to him, as you mentioned earlier. That he's not a guy that Herbert's they, they what seven sacks I think they've given up. So yeah, you know you got there's there's challenges there, and I think Eckler's going to be a big part of that. Do you remember the story that uh, Clint Hurt told about uh, seeing Justin Herbert for the first yeah. time? He was at an event at Oregon. What, was it like a clinic or something? One of those coaches' clinics? Yeah, anyway. when Mario Cristobal yeah. was still there because they were who, buddies from back in yeah. Miami. Who's that guy that looks like a tight end or a defensive end out there slinging it? So turns out, turns out he's a pretty good quarterback. Turns out he's a pretty good quarterback, and he is being compared to another, well, pretty good quarterback in the league. First off, he's, he's incredible. He's an incredible athlete and player, and, and he, he's, I've listened to him you know, his interviews and stuff over the, the offseason, just trying to get to know who he is and how he handles stuff and all that. He's a really together kid, too. Um, but immediately he reminds you of, of Josh Allen. You know, that's the, you know, the big guy that can move around and, and get outside the pocket and, and you know, strike you dead, has all the throws and all of the arm talent and, and strength that you would ever need. Um, and he's a really good competitor too. But I mean, just the fact that he got banged up early in the year and just kept fighting through it, man. That's those are that's a difficult injury that he's fought through. And so you got to give him a lot of credit on really on all levels. Well, and give him and the Chargers credit for converting on third down against Denver on Monday night. Eleven of twenty-two on third down opportunities. And I wonder what it's going to look like on Sunday, not just on third down, but on fourth down conversions, John. Because for a second straight week, the Seahawks will be facing a team without their primary kicker, Dustin Hopkins. We saw on Monday night. I do not know how he was yeah, making was those impressive. field goals. Unbelievable. He gets special teams player of the week, but he's going to miss two to four weeks. And we know from listening to Cliff Kingsbury after that game in Arizona against Arizona, I keep thinking about wanting to go to Arizona. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, they chose to go for it on fourth down because they didn't know what to expect from the kicker. I wonder if that's what we see again this week. Yeah, you know, I don't know, you know, how much faith they're going to have in the guy coming in there, but you would think it would sway your decisions. Uh, maybe not as drastically as, I mean, Arizona, it was pretty much every time it was more than a chip shot, they were going to go for it. Maybe they'll kick a few more field goals in uh, L.A., but we'll see. I mean, I, I got to think if you're the Seahawks, you're preparing for a team that's going to be a little more aggressive on fourth down, especially when you're kind of in that intermediate of like, okay, it's fourth and four versus a 52-yard field goal. That's probably not one you're going to kick with your backup that you might with your guy, your your good starter. So see what they do. But uh, yeah, I think if you're the six, you got to be ready for it. Well, and the Chargers do have home field advantage since they keep talking about traveling. Why don't we get a word from our presenting sponsor? The best stories aren't the ones you're told. They're the ones you live. Meeting people in person. Facing challenges face-to-face getting out of your hometown and your comfort zone. Delta knows how important it is to see a different point of view from a different point of view. So for those who want their own story to tell, Delta Airlines has a world full of places to start. Delta, the official airline of the Seahawks. I always wonder why people live in California, John. I mean, I I wonder about it when I read headlines and when I look at cost of living, and then I get there. And then on occasion, I get to a beach there. Yeah, go, it's hard to beat. That's right. It's the weather. You, I mean, between San Diego and L.A. is some of the best weather you're ever going to get year-round. I, I get it. I get the appeal. I get why people don't want to be there, especially L.A., huge city, traffic, all that. But, man, beach day in L.A. is tough to beat. I, you know what? Last year, you were not there, John. I, I am sorry not. that you yeah. were not there for our Ohana dinner that, on the beach next to a fire pit. Oh, it was lovely. Some lovely. tacos. Yeah. It was great. And morning after the game, pupusas at the market that's just down the hill from the hotel. 
Yeah, a lot of good food down there. Lots of great food. This is the problem with traveling. I love traveling, and I have to either like scale back my meals during the course of the week or work out more because I want to eat all the things mm-hmm. in the city that I'm yes. in. Yes. Yeah. It's part of, part of travel. You got to sample the culture, and that includes food. You make me sound cultured when I do that. When I put on my pants, I just feel fat. (laughs) No, no, it's not fat. It's cultured. This is what cultured feels like. Okay. All right, let's get back to this matchup. The Seahawks offense is coming off. I don't want to say it was a bad game. It wasn't a bad game, but it was not the sharpest game that Mm -hmm. we have seen from Geno Smith. We did see a great game from Kenneth Walker, but also the Chargers defense is coming off their best half of football. In the second half of that game against Denver, they allowed just 72 yards and five first downs. Oh, and that included overtime as well. So this one, if I'm looking at like where things are going to be won or lost... That offense has to be efficient. Yeah, I mean, it was, like you said, it wasn't a terrible game for them, but it, they had to work hard for it. The, the biggest thing that jumped out to me is they just weren't as efficient on third down in the red zone. I mean, they still had some nice drives. They, they got into scoring position a couple times, but in past games where they've you know been better on third down, been better at the red zone, that turns into 28, 32 points instead of 19. So um, tough challenge. San Diego defense, or, I'm sorry, how am I still saying San Diego? How many years has it been? Well, we have not played the Chargers in, in LA, LA since Except they pre-season. were the Chargers. I was in trying soccer, to give you an out, In their soccer John. stadium. No, no. I was trying I to give up. you an out. I'll own it. I'll wear it. But yes, I mean, that's a good LA defense and Seahawks offense going to need to be Probably a little more efficient in those key areas. Well, and maybe get the ball out faster because Gino yeah. was sna- was sacked a season high five times. Pete Carroll had said earlier this week, yeah, some of it's coverage stuff, but also that pocket was getting pushed because they weren't getting the ball out fast enough. I wonder how much of that was some of the miscommunication that we saw with Ken Walker getting more of those reps, and you could tell that it just wasn't as clean up front on some of those. Plays. Yeah, it's probably a factor a little bit. I mean, look, Arizona's front is pretty darn talented, and they had a good game plan. They did some things to make it tough on the young offensive line. So there, as much as it'd be fun to see Gino have 130 passer rating every week and put up big numbers, like this is the NFL. Some teams are going to make it hard, and what's good is the Seahawks were able to still do enough to, to get the job done. It, to me, what really jumped out, even on a day where the offense struggled a little, is when they needed that drive most, right after that special teams disaster that led to a touchdown, they that was the best drive of the day. Geno made some great throws under pressure, marched right down the field, answered back with a touchdown that really kind of helped secure that win. Well, and, you know, there's some opportunities there against a Chargers defense that allows a lot of explosive plays. 15 plays of 30 or more yards. Five of those have gone for touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, the Seahawks offense fifth most explosive place in the league. So I like that. Yeah. I like those Big plays are fun. Big plays are fun, but you are going to have to slow down Khalil Mack. Six sacks, eight quarterback hits. Both of those lead the Chargers defense. Joey Bosa not available. He is rehabbing still from surgery and a groin injury earlier in the week. So another tough task for those rookie tackles. But I don't know of a week when we are not going to be saying that. Yeah, I mean, the NFL seems like just about every team has got somebody off the edge that scares you. So it's it's fun of being a rookie. This, I mean, Pete Carroll said on Monday that uh, the first play where – Abe yeah. Lucas had a false start. It was like, oh, that's J.J. Watt over there. And it kind of kind of rattled him a little. Yeah. But 
I settled down. He settled down. Hey, before we get things to watch for this week, I do want to look at a player to watch and one that Pete Carroll talked about a lot, which was interesting because D. Eskridge only had three receptions. But as I was looking through notes following the game, I had identified him as one of the key offensive players. Even though the overall numbers don't look the same, it does look like his role within the team is growing and he's drawing some comparisons to a former Seahawks wideout. You know, it took Golden a while to get caught up with everything and, and to be able to express the you know, beautiful talent that he had. And it's kind of like I've always looked at guys that are the really natural athletes that everything comes really easy to them. Sometimes they don't pay attention to all the details because they can do stuff anyway, you know, and, and they, they can make things look right. And, and Dwayne is just like that. He's as natural as can be. He can run and catch and jump and change direction. And he can be a ball carrier. He can be a gunner on the kickoff, on the punt team. Uh, he's just a natural football player. And it's, it's always been within his command. Well, now we're so disciplined about what we're asking guys to do that sometimes, and this isn't just unique to, to Golden and, and to Dwayne, a lot of young guys come in the league and it takes them a while to, to realize how detailed the, the wide receiver position is so the quarterback can function accordingly. And that's, that's the whole key to it. You know, it's interesting. I've, I've seen a couple people push back on that comparison. I, I think they're remembering the Golden Tate of 2013 and 2014 and how good of a player he turned out to be and thinking, you know, a lot, a lot of people make up their minds too quickly on guys, and they see D. Eskridge hasn't done a lot through one-plus seasons, and he's been banged up. But And I get the frustration because he was your top pick in that draft, but, I mean, Golden Tate's numbers were not very impressive. He had eight catches for 77 yards, six catches into his second year. D's got six for 55, so very similar. They both were behind some other guys in, in the depth chart in terms of playing time. And then we saw late in his second year, Tate got going and carried that over into two really good years in 13 and 14. And that's very much what they see as being possible for D. Eskridge. And, and getting back to Pete's points, it's not that these guys don't care or they're not smart or they're not capable of learning everything they need to learn to play that position. But at the NFL level, there are a lot of intricacies to receiver that maybe just aren't there in high school and college. And when you are as athletic as a D. Eskridge or a Golden Tate, you don't need to be perfect to be really darn good at the college level. When you get to the NFL and everybody's that elite athlete, then that's where that little extra comes in. Well, and I think part of it is also what they're being asked to do, right? You're not DK Metcalf running go routes or Tyler Lockett running go routes. So I'm not saying that those guys don't have to be good and intricate and meticulous with their route running, but it's different when you're trying to time things up on a fly sweep or when you're working inside. That's a little bit different than just using your speed and turning on the jets and just kind of taking off downfield. And DK said D needs to be on the field. He's a game changer when he's out there. And truly no... third wide receiver has emerged yet as that go-to guy. You've seen a lot of passes to tight ends. I don't think that that's going to stop, but you could see that there was a different element with D in the game. So I do hope that we continue to see those numbers go up. Yeah, for sure. And I think we will. I mean, his, his playing times increased a little bit in recent weeks and he's obviously got more targets this past week. So I, I think we're just going to see it continue to grow. It's just kind of a matter of how fast. And I do like the word that you use fast. I like that. Uh, I mean, he's, it's he's an very apt description fast. for, and yeah, people an might've missed this because they were all touchbacks, but he was back there for the kick returns too. So it seems like he's maybe taken over that role perhaps because they want DJ Dallas a little fresher as their running back depth has been tested. But 
he's explosive in that role. If if he gets a short kick, gets a chance to return it this week, it, that could be fun as well. Yes, Travis Homer on track to return after his four weeks are up. He is one week away, so that would add a little bit of depth to that running back group that you're talking about. You talk about explosiveness. This brings me to the two things that we need to see this week. I am going first since <sighs> you said explosive. Fine. Take I the- want three explosive plays from the Seahawks offense. That's it. Wait, how do we define explosive? Their version or your bigger, like, 30-plus? Because if we're going the 16 and 12, you got to ask for more than three. Well, I get greedy, Jen. I was told (laughs) not to be greedy. Fine. How about three plays of 30 or more yards? There you go. How about that? That sounds great. That sounds like this is why I don't go first. Well, I'm just saying. I build my confidence on By their definition of explosive, if you get three, they're going to be upset with themselves because that's not a very good day. All right, fine. (laughs) Three of 30 or more. I like that. That, that Since. Justin Herbert does not get sacked. How about if we go with at least four QB hits and one sack? Perfect. Oh, good. I'm glad that I'm passing muster <laughs> over here. That's it. I'm not going first ever again. I'm just, you know. All right, I want fine. You to, what do you I got? want you to hold this team to a properly high standard. You realize I'm the one that has to go into the <laughs> locker room afterwards and say, well, you didn't reach my standards. Yeah. Fine. Jen, they're they're going to be all upset with their offense. Like, you got three explosives. <laughs> Okay, Uh, let's go. We mentioned third down earlier. I want to see the offense just stay on the field in some of those situations. And as we always know, that's not just about third down. It's getting themselves in more favorable third down. But let's be about 50% third down this week after after a little dip last week. Other one, get rid of the special teams disasters. This team has done a lot. If you look over the course of every play of special teams this year, they've done a lot of really good things. Their coverage has been great. Jason Myers is making a bunch of kicks. Mike Dixon's punting the ball well. But, man, you've basically given away four touchdowns either on the exact play that it happened or it's a turnover that directly yeah. led to a Sudden touchdown. change like, has led you to can't, that turnover. Yeah. Keep, I mean, those are going to cost you games. You can't keep doing that. Yeah, I like it. Notice how I'm not judgy of your things. Well, maybe that's because mine were... You know what? (laughs) On that note, that will do it for this week's edition of the Seahawks Insiders Podcast. We'll see you next time.